0: Welcome to Side Hustle City, and thanks for joining us. Our goal is to help you connect to real people who found success turning their side hustle into a main hustle, and we hope you can too. I'm Adam Kaler. I'm joined by Kyle Stevie, my co-host. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Side Hustle City podcast. Kyle Stevie is in studio. Damian Tenabom. What's up? How you doing, man? Doing great. Yeah. Yeah. We've been trying to get you on the podcast for a while now. I know. I'm excited, man. Working with kind of startup type companies. You've been uh, kind of sales, customer service type of yeah, roles time. the whole time. Yep. Uh, but you've been everywhere. Tell people about your background that don't know you. I mean, Kyle and I have been knowing you for a while now, but tell people, you know, a little bit about like where you started, how you got into the business world and and where you, how it's
1: evolved. Got it. Well, so I was born in Brooklyn, New York, uh, um, son of a um, starving artist, uh, very little money, uh, not too much education. Um, we ended up uh, moving around as a kid. I ended up in Binghamton, New York, or, you know, or, uh, pretty yucky, rainy area. Um, ended up really growing up as a kid in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania and getting in a little bit of trouble out of high school. And uh, having to live at my girlfriend's parents' house, who ended up making me go to a junior college. First day at junior college, there was a job posting on a board for a Citibank customer service rep. I got the job. I was making nine oh six an hour. I was happy as hell. You know, night shift, so I was like, going. What to year at at was America. this? You're making
0: nine dollars an hour. What year was this? 1990. Hey, that was
1: decent. <laughs> hey, yeah,
0: that's and that was nice nine bucks an hour. There, I think I was making four dollars something <laughs> an hour at Kings Island in and 94,
2: I, 95, and 97. I was cleaning toilets at Riverbend during the summer for oh, seven dollars and twenty five cents. Oh, man. See? So you yes. go, we were killing it. I what? was you,
1: killing it. First first day college. You're in Pennsylvania. Wait, yeah. how far from Philly? Right near Hagerstown, Maryland. So I was oh, okay. like right on the border. So I was about two hours from Philly, an hour and a half from Baltimore, an hour and a half from D.C. So you I still was, needed $9 an yeah, hour to live like there. Yeah,
2: Gettysburg and Hanover. Yeah. And the, the, that area. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's beautiful there. Yeah.
1: So I got a job at Citibank as a nighttime phone rep while I was going to school. It took me about four years to get my associates while I was going to school and still, you know, living life the way I could. But I was starting to make some money. Um, one of the things I learned at that time is air fills a vacuum. So every time they needed somebody to work overtime, anytime they needed somebody to do anything, I would just raise my hand. Eventually that got me off the phones, right? Because you know, nobody really wants to be on the phones, mm-hmm. right? No. So eventually I got off the phones. I started doing workforce planning, helping schedule the call centers, so on. And over 10 years being at the same company, I learned everything I could about call centers, about you know, customer experience, customer journey. And one day I was at a call center show and a guy said to me, he's like, man, I'm, I want to start a call center. I need somebody to run it. You interested? I said sure. I quit my job, took my wife, two kids, to the new job. Turned out it was in the Philippines.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh wow! <laughs>
1: yeah, so
0: East I, Coast <laughs> to the Philippines. This e- is going
1: to be interesting. East Coast to the Philippines. So I, I took my whole family, went to the Philippines, had a maid, had a driver, had four employees, and grew it to about two hundred and fifty employees. And uh, after about two and a half years, I uh, ended up having to come back to the states because my wife at the time had several family members that were sick. Mm. So sold my tiny tiny little portion of the business, went to a company in Indiana, a credit card processing company, which I had experience with because I was at Citibank as you know leading their operations and got some equity to come on board. and it was a fairly small company. Um, and then after being there four or five years, they went public so, I took the money out of that, ended up here in, where am I, Kentucky? (laughs) (laughs) Working at Fifth Third Processing Solutions, actually, over the river. Um, And I was there for a while, and there was some sale of the merchant side going on. So I went to a company in Canada and um, helped them outsource stuff to the Philippines, to India, some other places. uh, Helped acquire a few companies here in the U.S., Um, and ended up leaving that company joining another company in the same payment space in Boston, Massachusetts. And there I had to work with a company in Ireland and a company in the Philippines to help build our technology stack and run our customer experience team. We ultimately sold to a larger credit card processor, who then sold to another credit card processor. And I had a non-compete, so I left the business for about two years Helped another company uh, set up operations in Bulgaria, Costa Rica, Colombia, and then ended up leaving that company. And my non-compete was up and I joined One Inc. about a year ago. And now I'm chief customer officer there. But along the way, what I've done is I've basically taken the same job at different levels, different pay levels, different equity stakes of the company, did it over again, just did it better every time. Wow. And so it's it's kind of like just steps in the right direction every time and just got better and better at it. So wait, how many languages do you speak? Do you speak multiple no. languages or do you just
0: speak because this no. sounds like just based on what you've done it almost sounds like you'd have
2: to speak multiple languages to be able to do all this stuff. Sounds like a CIA agent that they said you're in payments. This yeah, is, yeah, this is your cover. You
1: know what? One would think I would be able to speak other languages and understand other cultures, but it, it actually isn't my strong point. I, I can't speak Spanish. I can't speak any other language. I just I know how to get along and street smart. And in a world of. What is no longer banking, but is more, you know, entrepreneurs, technology companies and sales guys. You need an operational guy that can create processes, make things as efficient as possible and understands customers. So I'm, I'm always a low man on a totem pole on the executive leadership team because I'm the guy that gets the shit work. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm the one that always has to call the upset customers. I'm the one that gets blamed when sales can't sell and I'm the one that has to deal with any problem that IT creates. But you kind of can't be replaced. That's it. You 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 can be replaced because I'm I'm always developing the team under me, but it's also really hard because once once you get in and you get the knowledge and you get to know the customers, which is what it's about, right? It's overall taking care of that customer experience and the customer journey. It's it's hard to find somebody that can do that better un, until a company is acquired and then you know you get shuffled around into a bigger organization. So I I tend to love these little one to 400 person organizations that are growing at a hundred percent a year. Right. And I, where I am now, I think you, know, i we've doubled in size in, in the last year, you know, and, and at the end of the day, there's, you know, there's a, a, a bigger picture of what we want to do as an organization.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. With the interest rates going up and everybody's savings going to shit, everybody's <laughs> living off their credit cards now. So you may have business at infinum.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, and it's been like that forever, right? Even even when, when the economy is good, everybody uses credit cards and pays mm-hmm. it off and gets points. When the economy is bad, they start to build up debt, right? Which is that's scary, especially at the interest rate going up.
0: So here I am sitting with a transportation guy and a credit card guy. <laughs> you guys would probably know what's happening. I mean, out of anybody, because I mean, whenever you want to see how the economy is going, look at transportation.
1: Well, and I'll tell you, even, even the insurance industry, because now I'm focused on digitizing insurance payments through the company I'm with One Egg and you look at the cost of repairing stuff. Right. And, and all your insurance claims now. Right. The cost is much higher than it ever was before to replace. Tell repair. me about tell me about Miami.
2: Yeah, they're dropping what's, all, what's, they're, you, the Florida's getting oh, all, yeah. all the not just Miami. Now. Yeah. All over Florida. Right. But but anything yeah. along the coast is pretty much not the older started, buildings. Right. Mostly, same, right? same
1: in California. Right. I mean, there, there's places now that are a much higher insurance risk. And if you're an insurance carrier, why would you why would you put yourself at a higher risk? And if you can, you know, get out of there. Right. When Fort Myers got
0: nailed, right? So the insurance mm-hmm. companies are probably like, "Hey, we got to make up for this." I mean, you 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 want to live in Florida? That's fine, but we're going to charge a whole lot more. And I mean, not my building is in downtown Miami, but it's a brand new building, just going up. I mean, it's it's you know a little bit further back from the water there, not that far. It's like two blocks maybe, but you know, it's a brand new building. The people that are in these older buildings, not only are they getting hit with these insurance. Uh, the, their insurance going double, dropped or double, tripling yeah. sometimes, but now they're also getting into special assessments. Mm-hmm. So the state of Florida, or the city of Miami, or city of Fort Lauderdale, or whatever, yep. they're they're having inspectors go in there now and look at the whole thing, and they're saying, "Look, you got to fix this, you got to fix that," which totally makes sense. And I don't know why they weren't doing coming and, down hard on that before. Back but.
1: to AI, right? I mean, you look at AI now. You know, they've got over shots of roofs. They they understand predictability of of where losses are going to occur now, partially because of AI and and mm. the access to data on the internet that they can you know pull together and determine where where the next loss is going to happen or where they're going to have a higher risk, right? I, Damien, could, could sit there and say, I, you know, I sit home and watch TV all night, but you know, second I post on social media that I hurt my Achilles doing jujitsu, you know, does that make me a a bigger risk to insure, right? Yeah. They look at your age. They look at you just messed up your Achilles and they're (laughs) like, wait a minute. Right. So my job at One Inc. is to make sure the American moderns and all of them have a really efficient way to make payments out and to collect premiums in. So oh, that's, okay. Uh, that's that's kind of my job as a customer experience officer is to make sure we make that process as easy as efficient as possible.
0: And you've always been in kind of that industry and it's it's interesting because this is uh, you know even if you don't have a side hustle, you kind of like gr- the successful people that I know have grown up in burgeoning careers. Yes. And you know, you mentioned your first job was like back in 90 and all that. So you were there when credit cards were becoming like a thing, really. Like, oh yeah, 90, it wasn't even until '99 when when people were like, "I remember them talking about it." Nobody's ever going to use credit cards
2: on the internet. Right.
0: That's internet.
1: crazy. Fast food. Oh, uh, fast right. food. I mean, Nobody wanted stuff. to use them. Vending a, yeah. machines.
2: Oh yeah, they were. We were raised. Those are <laughs> emergency use um, only. Yeah. We
0: only use cash. That's exactly for a right. long time. And a lot of people listen to this probably don't remember any of this stuff. But I remember in '99. When the internet was a thing and dot coms were big right before the bubble, right mm-hmm. before the bubble burst, everybody was talking about Amazon's. Amazon's not going to make it because nobody wants to put their credit card online. Right.
2: It's too much of a security risk. Well, and I was, I was freaked out by the fact that like, I was actually getting like unsolicited cards in the mail. Oh yeah. The, you used to get all in of those. Solic- yeah. Like out of yeah. nowhere. 90
1: days, like, same as cash, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny now, cause you look at the industry and they come back around and now they call it buy now, pay later. Right, it, it was the same as the old ninety-day mm-hmm. same as cash stuff. Now that it's retermed, buy now, pay later. You know, you still you have the same problem, right? If you don't pay it off, you have a higher interest rate later.
2: Yeah, and you get docked. you get docked for the, the the for that all that interest that accrued in your period. Yep, that you didn't have any interest being charged yeah. supposedly being charged to you in your payment. I but think, well, I'm sorry. Just going back to Amazon real quick to his point of being like the customer service. I think that's what really helps Amazon the most was that. They always sided with the customer, just right off, just like not being assholes right off the bat. Now yeah. they And so when world, you look
1: at Amazon, right, they were obviously a little bit before their time, right? So they lost money for for a long time, but they stayed the course, right? And they evolved through the different things that people needed. They, they could see what was coming and what was needed and now look at them as a company, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, that that's key in life too, right? No, no matter what job you have, you may hate it, but sometimes you just got to suck it up. Learn everything you can, and eventually the right opportunity is going to come as long as you're kind of stepping in the right direction you're yeah, you're you in and
0: you're in an industry that is growing. You were in the credit card processing industry right. when the internet was just becoming a thing yes and and it was becoming popular. Not only that, retail was start back in ninety eighty nine ninety that those years. I mean, people were just starting to accept credit cards at a lot of places still. Yeah. I mean in franchises
1: I, franchises. I was one of the tech as support as folks for the Yahoo storefront. They were gonna build an online mall. Oh Yahoo yeah, yeah, storefront, yeah. right? Started, that was a big thing. Yeah, yeah I remember right, that. I remember those days. It's yeah. It's kinda of like that. That's cool to be a part of, right? You think of think of how lucky I got to be in the industry that was growing. And then for myself, what I did is I've realized, you know what? I'm gonna be a pinball. I'm gonna get bounced around. I'm gonna learn everything I can. I'm gonna do whatever is needed. And in doing that, I was able to also start side gigs. Yeah. Because it, it led to, oh, this is cool. I get to travel. Well, what am I going to do when I'm traveling? I can drink, I can eat, I can work out. So I started working out more mm-hmm. right? and started doing jujitsu because my son wanted to do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Right. And from there I said, oh, that's well, if I can do jujitsu, I might as well own a jujitsu place. And then I said, okay, well, if I can own a jujitsu place, I might as well start a software company taking payments in jujitsu. jitsu and then, you know, I also rental properties and acting that started because, you know, somebody said, Hey, can you help choreograph a fight scene? I see, you know how to fight. Sure. And then that led to acting and, and, you know, doing more choreography and so on. It's like, it's, it's neat how things move. And like you said, you know, before the internet was even cool, right? Yeah. Before online shopping was cool, before credit cards were cool. You never know, but you know, one of those things could have failed and I still could have been successful, Right. But it turned out all of them actually led in the right direction. And, and I just ride the waves and you, yeah. you paddle a little bit, you ride the wave, mm-hmm. paddle a little bit, ride the wave. And people do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and don't, you know, if
0: something doesn't work out or whatever, that's not the, the idea is you've spread kind of spread things out a little bit. You've, yes. you don't have all your eggs in one basket, so to say. You know, that's that's a saying and that's how it goes. But you don't put all your eggs in one basket. And I think the big thing we try to get people to understand on the podcast is when you work at a company, that doesn't mean you have security. That just means you've given up your uh, your future and your life and to somebody else that you think's more responsible than you, that you think they are going to look out for you better than you're looking out for yourself. At the end of the day, but you're like, look, I can still work at these places. I can still take these risks and go work at these startups or these companies that are, you know, just starting to grow really. And I could still do this other thing. I can say, you know, you turned what it sounds like, especially with your jujitsu, you turned a hobby into a business. Yes. And then you integrated your payment processing know-how into the business, so it's funny that you could do things that seem just completely
1: disparate, mm-hmm.
0: but you'll find a way to bring them all together. Yeah, right. You'll if find
1: some way to, to tie if all those the opportunity things. Opportunity presents itself. You find a way to say, "You know what? I love doing that. This is what I'm paid to do. This is my skill set. This is what I love." And you start to find ways to tie it together, and and you do things that are fun. You got to take chances, right? I I went to the Philippines with, you know, four boxes. And two kids in the family I had no idea if it was going to work or not. Nobody in the Philippines knew what call centers were. We were one of the first five call centers there. And wow, now look, now right? it's all call centers. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah right. Half the calls you get are probably either they're going to be from India or they're going to be from, from uh, exactly. the Philippines.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at the internet, right? You, nobody knew that that was going to be as big as it was. And you know, one of the companies I worked for, you know, they ended up making, making a huge profit on the fact that people were leasing credit card machines and they offered, to buy the terminals online. Mm. So they, they cut down a middleman, removed a lease process and was able to grow drastically by offering what was called a merchant warehouse, allowing people to set up businesses online, which then led to them creating integrated products and then being sold for over a billion dollars.
2: And that's where, that's where, (laughs) that's where it's all headed with web three and blockchain is with like cutting out, you know, going full going back into Ethereum and stuff. I don't know what's which, which blockchain is going to be the one that replaces Swift, but one of them is going to be the one that's going to probably
0: work. lightning, probably Bitcoin lightning, just because everybody knows Bitcoin. It's got the brand name and the lightning is fast. Think, uh, it,
2: does it do as many transactions as XRP does?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I think they're trying to get it there, but no, I think XRP does a whole lot more. I think interbank transactions. I think that's where XRP's at, right? XRP's yeah. like, hey, and this is Ripple XRP. People don't know listening probably what we're talking about, but it's a different token. It's, it's a, a different
1: basic way t- of saying account to account transfer. Yeah, yeah, and what it's going to do is it's going to allow instant settlement.
2: Yeah. So Swift, right now, they take the money in each transaction and they hold on to it for a day or three days, depending on the settlement, and then they make. I don't know, 5% through f- f- 0.5% interest or whatever. in their holding period the yep. and then they put it back into the, then they, they release it to the other, to the other bank. And if it's billions of dollars, they made 0.05 of billions of dollars for doing nothing that day yeah. besides holding on. To and the you money. look at,
1: you know, real time payments or account to account transfers, ultimately you'll be able to charge a, you'll still be able to charge a fee for giving somebody money within, you know, a millisecond versus holding it for 24 hours or even 72 hours, right? So now you have different levels of service. Like Venmo does, yeah. Right? You could say to somebody, look, I'm not sure I trust you. I'm not sure it's you're big enough or I, you know, care about the relationship much. It's going to be a seven-day turnaround for your money. Somebody else you care about more, yeah, I could do this in three to five days. Somebody you really care about, hey, I'm going to offer you, you know, 24-hour settlement or even better, 15 minutes. How much are you willing to pay for that?
2: if you're a big bank, a lot, right. You know, he's in a great spot then because he's got, he's got the technology right now that he's fine where he's at in the system. And he's busy. He's, he's providing a huge benefit to uh, the insurance company by making settlements way cheaper way more efficient. And he's not stepping on anybody's regulatory toes, but in the event that regulation starts to actually give like, like a clear path to tokenizing, actual assets and how to trade them on secondary markets without being about worrying about the sec suing you later down the road. He's ready for that too. So that's like, he can there. He can buy his time, but he's ready for the next. Uh, yeah. The I next evolution. About, the evolution. But it seems like you're ready for the next. Here's evolution. what I hope
1: in, in two to three years that my side gigs are, are what I'm living off of and then still be ready for whatever's next there. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> well, what do you say to people? I mean, there's a lot of folks out there now who, they kind of feel trapped. Mm-hmm. They've got a job they don't like a lot of times. Like, who likes their job? Right. Nobody, right? Some, I mean, maybe 10% of people I've met have ever been like, oh, I love my job. I love the, going to There's got
1: to be something about their job that they like. There's got to be mm-hmm. something that they latch on to that they find that they're good at. Yeah. Right? And so I would say whatever whatever that is, start studying it. Start being better at it and figure out a way to turn something into a side gig That where there's some correlation, it it doesn't have to be a lot with what you're good at.
0: Yeah. I always say, find out the thing that pisses you off about your job (laughs) that that's inefficient. Right. And make it better. Like just pay
1: attention. Just pay attention. Just learn something, figure out where, where you can be different, where you can be better.
0: How do you, uh, so, so explain a little bit more about your, the business you're in now and like, what are you guys doing? What's your differentiator?
1: We're one of the first to market and um, we're basically replacing checks for the for the most part. Right. So we we have our premium pay process is is more efficient than others because we have a wallet. We have different ways that you can connect to our modal and make payments. And then our claims pay process is more efficient because we're essentially doing something before everybody else. And that's enabling checks or getting rid of checks and enabling digital payments. Different ways, you know, so direct deposits you're, and you're, stuff, you could do ACH, you could do a virtual card, you can do multiple ways to pay a vendor, right? So, oh, wow. That vendor, insured, claimant, whoever.
0: So we've got, you know, with my business, we pay people all over the place. I like my entire agency is just made up of, 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 you know, nobody's a 10, nobody's right. a W2, everybody's a 1099. Yep. So you've got people all over the world that we work with and nobody can seem to get on the same page about how to get paid, you can't do it through PayPal because it costs them too much money. Right. They want to charge you more if you pay through PayPal because they're going to get charged a lot. So it's like if there was like an international payment system that – and a lot of them aren't going to do crypto, right? right. I can't just send but, a Bitcoin.
1: But you need some form of wallet that you can transfer money into that has a currency conversion that puts it into their their wallet, and then they can choose what they do with it. They could leave it in there and spend it. So now you have to have people that will take that take that wallet – or they could transfer it to their bank account in their currency. Hmm. Right? I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's, it'd be some kind of point-to-point wallet. We need you know? the WhatsApp for yeah. <laughs> international payments. And, well, WhatsApp has payments built in now, too, doesn't it? it? Yeah, know? I
0: think so. I think it has some kind of payment processing yeah. thing built in. I'm sure they take a huge chunk, but. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Elon's building all that shit in the X yeah. The, who owns WhatsApp now? Is it Microsoft? Microsoft does, yeah. Microsoft owns it?
1: So. Okay, yeah. I'm sure they are charging an arm and a leg, then. Yeah, and they've got payments built in, marketing built in. They're doing a lot. Oh, wow. Wow. So, where is this? Uh,
0: explain to people. Now, I want to get back on credit cards real quick, but with the credit card stuff and in, in the problems that people are having with these credit cards and the debt that people get into, what what is the strategy I mean, I know there's like a side hustle for credit cards and and people were talking about it for a while. You've got this points guy who's got a website mm-hmm. who talks about travel points yep. and which credit cards to get. Travel points. You got Dave Ramsey who hates credit cards. You never get a credit card. Don't go into any debt, which I don't think is a good strategy because I think debt, you need debt in order to grow, in order to like build things in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you do with uh, with credit cards. What's the strategy? Do you have
1: any favorite credit cards that you like? Oh yeah. Yeah. I love the points cards, right? Yeah. yeah. So what's interesting about cards, I'm not sure everybody understands this, but you know who ultimately pays for those points and that's the merchants, right? So when you, when you think if I'm using my Delta platinum card, that gets me, you know, 10 times points when I use it, or if I'm using my Hilton or my holiday and whichever card I'm using, there's different point structure. If I use a general card, it doesn't have points. It costs less. And so at at a merchant level, there's about 580 different price points that a merchant could pay on a credit card that they accept. And if it's a high net worth card that has lots of points, they're ultimately paying more. And if it's a card that is, you know, $50 a year membership fee and there's no points associated with it, the merchant pays less. So what you're seeing now, a lot of it is that companies that offer merchants the ability to accept credit cards are enabling those merchants and depending on the state law and certain guidelines to pass on those fees to consumers. So I hate so, taking Amex because so- I always have some guy who
0: wants to pay me like, oh, I need a website and I need a logo and all this other stuff. And then at the end, After I get the price and everything, they're like, oh, hey, I got this Amex card. And Amex charges so much. five
1: or some, you know, at least what it used to be before one point, I believe.
0: Yeah. And I'm always trying to just get people to pay with checks. Like all the big businesses I work with, you know, they'll send things ACH or they'll send, you know, just pay me with an actual physical check still.
1: So you have options there, right? You can discount for cash. You can surcharge for credit. You know, and so what you see now, like, and even gyms are doing it, many companies are doing, it. if you go to a government website and use your credit card, a surcharge, mm-hmm. right? So it, they basically are passing on that fee back to the consumer. So now if you're the consumer and you pay off your credit card every month, that's fine. You're still getting your points, right? But if you're not paying off the credit card, you're paying your the merchant transaction fee and you might be paying your interest and you're not getting many points, all right. So there are there are challenges. I won't say challenges, but, you know, that is kind of the, the the thing that's happening is you've got companies offering buy now, pay later, which can lead to higher interest rates later. And you have kind of the the push to enable credit card fees to be passed down to the consumer who's paying with their credit card. Oh, wow. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you do have the, the goals on the on the other end. You have the push to real time payments, you know, account to account transfers. Right, so that's where you look at the the Venmos and the Paypals. They've pushed the industry forward because peer to peer payments are huge, right? There's and we don't we may not see it, but there's a whole bunch of people that are unbanked that don't have banking accounts. Yeah, that are you know that their Venmo account is is their bank account, or which is why we love crypto because
0: you know? that allows people in other countries not only to hedge inflation in their country, yep. because now you've got a global currency that is relatively stable. I mean, even though you know we. Us in America, we look at, at Bitcoin, we're like, man, that's a crazy swing in price, you know? Yeah. But in other countries, imagine being in uh, you know, Argentina. Oh yeah. Dealing with their hyperinflation. Yep. Oh my God, up you would have loved dollar, five yeah. years ago. Oh, five years ago, it was like it's it's gone up the inflation on that on that currency. I don't know what the number is, but if you look at that chart, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I mean, and, and the funny thing about Argentina is is they get the blue rate. So you could literally send money – if you're going to Argentina, you send money to Western Union down there, right? Mm -hmm. And don't go to a U.S. bank because a U.S. bank is going to pay you, what, 350 uh, 350 Argentinian pesos right now or something like that for one U.S. dollar. But if you send it to uh, Western Union, it's like 600 because they've got to keep up with the street rate. And on the street, it's actually more than that. It's like 700. But so they have to keep up with the street rates. So that's a way to to actually kind of make money when you're, if you, if you leave the country. But imagine that kind of hyperinflation in your country where you're like selling Argentinian pesos on the street for dollars. Like you're, oh, you're yeah? literally, you can't wait right. to get your hands on a, doll, like a dollar, like an actual dollar. Yes. Yeah. So in those countries, Bitcoin is awesome. Yeah. You know, and those kind of, those kind of currencies. What, you see what
2: Kenya's doing? What's Kenya doing? Shit, sure, what is Kenya doing there? I remember There's people were trading well, cell phone. They're actually trying currency. to put it. They're actually trying to make it so that it's kind of like um, El Salvador almost where uh, where cryptocurrency, particularly Bitcoin, is going to be national currency. They're going to do it in Zimbabwe? Look, no, Kenya. Oh, in Kenya. Yeah, they're looking at it. that be a- great. KAP, I think, is the, the organization that's looking into it. But if you well, think Kenya, about it, the more countries that do that, the more stable it gets. Like
0: yes. the more money you have in it, the harder it is for... Um, you know, nefarious actors to manipulate the market. Yep. You could have, you know, somebody that's worth billion a billion dollars or a organization like a BlackRock or something that has a lot of money that yep. wants to change the price. However, they do it. They could sell a whole bunch or on the open sell a market whole bunch and, all of a sudden and it drops exactly. and then they just buy it right back.
1: Yep, because like they can stock. move the market.
0: Yeah. You need more it needs to have a bigger market cap. It needs to get around gold's market cap, 10, 11 trillion, something like that. Yeah,
1: it's, it's harder to move the needle at that point in time.
0: Yeah, you're what? 800 I think it just passed what a trillion again. But I mean, you can you can move the market right now. Uh and what they're doing is is when everything's low, they're just buying it over the counter. They're not even buying it, so it's not it's not making the price go up because they're doing private transactions, person transfers. Yeah, Yeah. and they're willing to say say when Bitcoin was down to twenty grand, you know, you could say, hey, I'll offer you twenty five right now for your Bitcoin, right? And they're like, okay, sure, you know, and here you go, and and they give them the twenty five per Bitcoin, and you know, they're they're fine because they didn't really move the needle, and it gives them more time to buy it until their ETF gets approved. Yep. And then they can turn around and the 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 bitcoin they bought at 25 sell it to their customers for 60.
1: Yeah. You know when it goes back up to 60, it'll it'll happen. Yeah, yeah the world's interesting because it's it's become in one way a a much smaller place, right? The fact that you can do transactions country to country and then within country you have these currencies or the same currency that you can transfer from sitting here in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty cool. It
0: is. To, it's to actually really, about, really right? interesting to think about. Yeah. yeah, the world's getting smaller in a way.
2: Geographically it's getting smaller, but Dimension wise, like talking like third, fourth dimension type shit, it's getting bigger because now you're entering into an artificial world that's actually, <laughs> that's actually going to be as sustainable and as interactive as the real, as a real world, mm-hmm. even without going to full VR or go metaverse, just, just the interactions that you can create your own banking system and your own currency out of thin air because millions of people believe that this thing has an intrinsic value. And then you start building a network where you can do settlements, millions of settlements per second, just like credit card companies off of this thing that nobody, there's there's outside of an algorithm that constantly changes so that they could, they mine 21 million coins that we have to believe there's only 21 Mm -hmm. million for it to even make sense. You have to believe that. Yes. And that there is was it twenty one, twenty seven or something like that when's the last one's gonna be mine? Something like that. That it changes because it's yeah. yeah. And then you take on it take into account there are probably tens there's probably what over a million that have already been lost. People just got in early for the first five years and were just like, screw this. Yeah, or they just didn't yeah. pay attention to what they had. That's that happened. It's yeah. wild. Like we we create they created this financial institution. Like you, 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 could, the internet created uh, a shopping mall that, like, to so go to your point of making the world smaller, but it's just it like so. The, the, like going around the globe got smaller, but everything outside of it just, just the opportunities blew up. It's really, yeah. I don't know. I got yeah, know, you, yeah, like you got to get in a more different levels, energy. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah. You know, but when you think about that, I mean, you take it back to, you know, something everybody understands, you know, like cell phones, right? In the US, we were one of the last to get cell phones. You look at some of the third world company countries, they had cell phones, texting, Oh yeah, internet, you know, before many people in the U.S. were getting off their landlines. Mm-hmm. So it, it is interesting how the technology has evolved and, and some things have made us multidimensional and other things have brought us closer together.
0: Well, it's wild. Like in Japan, like you pay with. For everything with your cell phone, everything but, or, or in China, you could walk into a store like a convenience store and just walk out yep. with your, whatever it is you have. And it knows who you are. It's it, 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 you know, yeah. it, you paid as soon as you walked out. I mean, they've got stuff in other countries too, that you're like, why isn't that in America
2: just, yet? Well, just look at like the, the perfect confluence of uh, convergence. I'm sorry of it is if you look at where they're basically mining for rare earth minerals with a stick and they're in the sand. And then within the next two years, every one of those ounces of lithium or whatever different type of rare earth that comes out of that rudimentary way of mining is going to be scanned into the blockchain. And they're going to be able to trace that from the, the point where that poor woman who was making a dollar a week got it out of the ground to the point that it ends up in your cell phone as you're bitching about something on the Internet with that. that You didn't like it that day. You know what I'm saying? And just like how the, 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 you talking about the most basic primitive type of employment that we have on earth right now is at the same time going to be spearheaded even further. And these governments will make even more money because they'll be able to track and trace every single thing in an immutable record that nobody's going to be able to tamper with. It's wild.
1: And until it makes its way all the way down to the Florida, to the condo that you have in, in one of the products that are being used to make your wall. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Right. Knowing where everything goes and where it started. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And how it ends up here most of the time in the biggest consumer market in the world.
1: Yeah, (laughs) You know, it's funny that with all that, though, I still believe in real estate. I still believe in, you know, brick and mortar stuff mm-hmm. like jujitsu. I mean, you, you can't replace stuff like jujitsu, right? You you go into a gym and you do it. CrossFit, same thing. You can't really replace that community. You can try online stuff, but nothing motivates you to, to do it if you're just home. Yeah. I mean, so, I
0: I visit my yeah. trainer Mondays and Fridays. I've been doing it for 10 like, years now, 12 years you, now. What do you bench? And that what do I, I don't even know. You know <laughs> I, mean, I don't even max it out, dude. Like I, I, you know, I, my trainer probably wouldn't even let me do it if I
1: tried. So he's, yeah. But it's funny you mentioned that early, you know, the first comment we had about, you know, like college degree versus hands-on being able Mm -hmm. to do stuff, you know, and, you know, AI is going to, it truly will replace a lot of the things that people are going to college for. People have to evolve and be able to use AI to be better, but physical things are still, you know, it's going to be hard to replace some of those and, we were talking about kids earlier, you know, some of the kids that don't know how to do physical stuff are going to fall behind.
0: Mm-hmm. I use right? it in my arguments now, on my online arguments, when something economic comes up and somebody's like, no, it's this and this and this. I'll literally, I'll go, I'll say, hey, look, I got, I'm in an argument right now with this guy. And he said this, and I pasted in there and they're like, well, that's not right. Because I did it. I was like, I know, right? ChatGPT GBT, it's like my buddy. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, well, I was going to respond with this. And they're like, yeah, that sounds good, but you're kind of being a dick. So make <laughs> it sound like this. And then I'm like, copy, paste, oh, right? Go. Yeah, because yeah. I will. I, yeah, I got problems with the way I present because of the price. And <laughs> it's just it's what happens. So where's your gym at? In
1: uh, Right off the Richwood exit Malton? Walton. So we just we moved about a quarter mile last year. We bought a building. So we've got our, you know, our CrossFit's busy as hell. Uh, cardio kickboxing and then uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We're on mm-hmm. a black belt under Carlson Gracie. Oh, so wow. We've got him coming in July or no, not July, January. What? Yeah. We've got him coming in January for a good seminar. So. Carlson Gracie or junior. Carlson Gracie, junior. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's wow. got, he's got, he's got a huge um, footprint in greater Lots Cincinnati. Of affiliates.
1: Yeah. yeah. He used to, he used to be here in Cincinnati. There's a Carlson Gracie in Northern Kentucky. Uh, They're in uh, right here in Covington, actually, right? Newport. In Newport. And then we've got my Carlson Gracie. There's another one, another one over in Cincinnati and there's some in Louisville. Wow! So, yeah, okay. Colin, he's a great guy. He's you know, like jujitsu royalty. That's that's right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Wow! It's like meeting one of the like royal family almost <laughs> for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's
1: awesome, man. So tell everybody yeah, if you're,
2: if you're wondering. Yes, we've rolled together, and yes, he's beaten me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i just been doing it longer, man. I'm a beginner that never quit, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's it.
0: Well, you own a freaking gym. Like yeah. this is
1: like, yeah. But it wasn't always that way, right? I started training with my son down at Sun Siam, mm-hmm. you know, some different places and just continued to learn and grow and just got better over time, you mm-hmm. know, and then you know, that evolved into, you know, it's kind of the same as you know, business, right? I bought one rental property. A year later, I bought another one. And next thing you know, you have 10, 15 of them. Yeah. Um, same with the Brazilian uh, BJJ link, right? It's, it's a software company that, you know, at first it was kind of a social media for jujitsu. That's all it was. It was just, you know, download this app and talk about your your jujitsu, check into a gym. So that led us to, well, let's have gyms have their own version of this, the admin version. Yeah. Right. And then from there I brought, well, if you're going to have a gym that has it, you have to have curriculum. How about learning management software? So a curriculum that helps people go from white to blue, blue to purple and so on. Right. And then you have from there, we got to have membership billing. So people check in, people can buy stuff, right? You, You have a stored payment method. So I want that shirt. I want that protein powder, right? So they can do it from their phone. Yeah. They can check in. Instructor can check them in. And of course, then we can do recurring billing. So from the billing side, you go back to what are the different ways to pay? ACH, credit card. As a gym owner, you might want to pass those fees down to your um, members, or you may not want to. You can offer ACH, you can offer other forms of payment. So just keeping it, making sure it evolves into something that is great for gym owners. How do
0: people you know, find it? How do uh, bjjlink.com bjjlink.com So yep. gym owners, and this isn't just like MMA people. I mean, my gym owner, he, he does, you know, just regular workouts yeah, and things like that. Well,
1: right now it's, it's so got to start small, right? Mm-hmm. So right now it is truly focused on a Brazilian jiu-jitsu academy owner. Now there's not much difference from Brazilian jiu-jitsu to yoga, to anybody else. So I was that, saying,
0: yeah, the next level, what's
1: that? Exactly. You just got to keep Eventually on. Eventually it becomes, yeah. you know, gym link and yeah. and we offer it to you know, to other companies but right now when you look you know the competition for major gyms you know there's, there's major players out there with billions of dollars behind them we're we're starting small with a niche Brazilian jiu-jitsu academies we've got about 60 65 academies right now processing with us wow and you know the goal we just signed in florida uh i don't know how many actually i mean are I, a lot I, or a little we have we have some in florida so we, have, we have some all of it because right now it's connected to a payment system that works around the world. So we have some in multiple countries that are doing processing with us. Um, and we signed a deal with a company that's making us what's called a Payfac direct mm-hmm. with Visa Mastercard and so we'll be able to have lower rates and more options to our customers
2: in the next month. Like so our insane. hope is
1: that we're going to we're going to start to grow 10-15 gyms a month.
2: Uh, well, if you go if you're going to West Hollywood close enough, I believe to Deerfield beach mm-hmm. and they've got a shit ton of gyms in a deer, like from Fort Lauderdale to Miami, there's yep. a gazillion. And then in Tampa, there's a, I, I rolled in a place in Seminole and that was one of like eight within like a four block, nice. a four mile radius.
1: Yep. I'm sure when I'm there for 30 days that I'll, I'll, I'll at least two days a week I'll go to jujitsu at different places mm-hmm. and I'll go do some kind of functional training, CrossFit high intensity stuff with my wife and other places. I'm sure. So I, that's the fun part about traveling, right? My, my real job, you know, enabled me to travel. But from that, the side hustle came up, you know, with the gyms and, you know, started with a hobby, right? Just rolling with my son. Yeah. You know, Isn't
0: it, that crazy how things work yeah, out? It's, it's it's like people just got to get started. It's like, you do, you know, the first step uh, is to climb in a mountain is, you know, taking the first step.
1: Yeah. Man, so many people sent a message to the gym. Oh, I got to get in shape first. I don't want to start jujitsu until oh, I lose yeah, weight. Yeah, yeah. Screw that, man. Take the first step. Everybody's a beginner. Well, the more muscle
0: you have, the more, the faster your metabolism is going to work anyway. So you're, you're rolling around. You're, you know, you're, you're
1: using your muscles. You're plus look, let's face it. If you sit on the couch all day and talk about getting up, you're never going to get up. That's right. But if you actually walk into a gym and you start meeting people doing jujitsu, you say, Hey, you coming back tomorrow? You know, first you're like, uh, maybe come on, you should come tomorrow. Yeah. Next thing you know, there's encouragement. You you got a team building there, and you start to have new friends. You start to have a new lifestyle, right? Maybe your old life, your old friends, maybe maybe they were a problem. Just don't go to the bar afterwards
0: with a bunch of, <laughs> of MMA guys that <laughs> are going to get you into fights. Yeah, that, that can happen
2: <laughs> too, right? Most MMA guys are. Absolutely relaxed because they've, yeah. they've spent the first five years of training getting their ass absolutely smoked. Like me, <laughs> yeah. they're tired I'm, of it. They're sick of I'm, it. I'm, I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm eight years into getting my ass kicked, so I'm very. But you add alcohol into it, like how's that work? You just depends on where you're at. Yeah, it now, depends on where you're at. My cousins' group, out in San Francisco, <laughs> my cousins' group out in San Francisco, real well-known fighters, and like globally well-known fighters when they were younger, and they did not give an F. <laughs> so, so the moment they felt disrespected, they would fight. And then they got smart then they got smarter about it. They're like, okay, we're gonna get sued. So then they would take guys from their gym that were at the bar with them, saying you've gotta beat like you would do with your little brother, you've gotta beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah. Like that's how it was. Like that it was it was all like fair fist fight. It wasn't butt jumping or anything like that. It was just like an old school type of mentality that you really can't do so much anymore. It was just like kind see of. See uh, what happens when you so,
0: get Kentucky people, see what that's they right. do. So, so here's what's funny. Can't you mentioned earlier,
2: nice.
1: you know, the snobby <laughs> people, you know, at, at the club you went to, I find it interesting because when I travel, you know, I spend all day sometimes, you know, in, in with my jacket on and kind of a, you know, a board meeting type atmosphere and, you know, everybody in some cases can be full of shit, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I leave there and, and maybe I'll go meet them later for dinner, or go meet them later mm-hmm. for a drink, but. I take some time and I walk into a jiu-jitsu place. I change my clothes, I put on a gi, I put on shorts whatever it is, and there is no talking shit. There's no lying about who you are. Yeah. There's no being fake. Everything becomes 100% real when you step on that mat. And so you start to talk to somebody and and there is no attitude. There's no I want to fight you or I'm better than you, I'm this or that. And if the person really is better than you,
2: you bow out you and you accept it. it. They well, proved you, it. You kind yeah. of, you kind yeah. of, you yeah. kind of know it the first time they grab your wrist too. Yeah. <laughs> if they, if they grab your wrist, you can, I don't know, you just, you can feel it. you're like, oh, this guy's, this is not going to be as bad as I thought Look by judging. Like sometimes you look at guys, you're like, this is going to be a rough five minutes or rough 10 minutes, but if they grab your wrist. You're like, this guy's like kind of like a fake muscle. <laughs> And then there's some guys that grab your wrist, you're like, oh, this is going to suck. This is really gonna suck. <laughs> This is going to be terrible. You smack your
1: head down quick and you, yeah. you go, you know, and I've rolled with like, you know,
2: George St. Pierre, you know, Gunnar oh, Nelson.
1: Wow. I I just was in, in Vegas and I, you know, I did a, a Gordon Ryan seminar, you know, and it's it incredible just to see the the strength, the, the, the set that people mm-hmm. have, you know, it, it's, it's incredible when they put their life into something, but what's, what's neat about it too, though, is. You never feel like when you walk off the mat, when you go outside, that they're going to come after you and beat you up or that you're going to get into a fight. Never. Sometimes it's sitting in that boardroom. I'm like, man, I wish I could just hit this guy. Like the (laughs) the senator?
2: Did you you see the senator? No. The senator from Oklahoma yesterday. What happened? Uh, The witness that he was talking talking to had put in a Twitter, had had put out a tweet that said that he would wanted to beat the shit out of the Senator and the Senator saw the tweet and he goes, you said anytime, any place. And the guy goes, it was a, it was a teamster guy. Yeah. "Yeah, I said that. He goes, the Miss Senator is fucking interrogate. Like, like (laughs) asking questions of this guy. He goes, well, this looks like the time and this looks like the place. (laughs) He goes, he goes, well, you want to go right now? He goes, why not? So the senator from Oklahoma stands up, Bernie Sanders, who's the, the chair of this, is yelling at him. You are a U.S. senator. You must sit down now. This is a this is a witness. You cannot be tempered. You cannot be trying to intimidate a witness. It was awesome. So but here's what's
1: so cool about that, right? So let's take that you know that example. If they really could sign a waiver, go to the gym. Spend five minutes. We don't. They don't need to spend two hours. Yeah, they
2: spend will. The one guy, the the Teamster guy, was not making. Five no, there minutes. is a waiver. It's a mutual combat waiver. <laughs> right.
0: It's like yeah, because right. I've I've gotten to arguments online, and I'm like, I need to download this waiver and bring it with me. Yeah. Sign that <laughs> waiver and, and <laughs> put Either
1: five minutes, and I guarantee, somewhere around three, four minutes in, they're probably going to shake hands. And agree to disagree on stuff, but they'll be have, cool after that, and have
0: mutual respect. That, every time, like when I was younger, every time we got into a fight, like you'd, you'd be like, "I'm never gonna be this cool with this person. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna pretty much choke them out, right?" Yeah. And then you beat each other up. You, like, oh man, you got me with that right hook, or oh, you, yeah, dude, you shouldn't hit me in my nuts at. But oh, and know. then you're <laughs> best friends, yeah. right? Yeah, then you're cool. After
2: every tournament, once whether win or lose, after every match, you're like. I mean, you become like blood blood brothers yep. whatever old with
0: we used to I didn't tell yeah. you this but we used to have a a fight contest in my apartment complex when I was a kid so all the kids <laughs> oh, would get yeah. together and there was a 16 year old kid is we used to call him big Ryan because there were three Ryans there and they were all different ages mm-hmm. anyway he was the guy who would like get it organized and make sure we didn't like really hurt each other and we would <laughs> go now. down to a, this his apartment and when his parents weren't home and all the younger kids, he would essentially have us fight. Like it was like a, like a, like a pit bull fighting contest. The original
1: UFC. Yeah. And
0: all the kids <laughs> in the apartment complex would fight until only one was left. Nice. It was awesome. It yeah. was the best thing. And I always lost. Cause I, I didn't know how to get out of a headlock when I was a kid, but I would get all the way to the end. And <laughs> then I just you didn't know the headlock. You gotta, address oh, the hands, man. you gotta, and you gotta do this. Don't
2: you dress the hands? Do I want to get
0: up. your
1: chin down? Sit out.
0: Yeah. yeah. But it, my thing told me my gene, my, the coolest thing on my genome link, I uploaded my DNA to this genome link yeah. and it tells you about your genes. It said you are likely to have higher ability in the martial arts because it says martial arts such as karate and taekwondo require the ability to maintain cognitive ability and to deal with psychological stress during a match.
2: I Don't know. Yeah, but you're talking like karate and taekwondo. That's like 58 uh, year old women get black belts in taekwondo and karate. Well, I have the warrior, not the warrior gene. So the warrior gene is like. Uh, yeah, you're it, just looking to
0: fight somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not always like, I just want to like, no, but you keep your cognitive ability so, uh, when you're fighting. So that's, that's the key. And
1: so what one thing there is, is prepare for it. Right. So being on a mat jiu jujitsu helps you prepare for that, that cognitive being able to think through something and not go crazy, not do something stupid, like give them your head stress so out. Can, yeah. So they get that headlock. Right. So you don't stress out. Right. You, you can stay calm by training. Right. So yeah. you can train really hard. And then when it comes down to the fight, the fight's easy, right? Every competition I already have, you know, every time I go train or com- compete, I don't get hurt in a competition. I get hurt training sometimes, right? It's, yeah. you know, you, it's, it's, it's a lot harder. I think we were talking about the fighters nowadays, the real fighters, right? They're doing this three a days, two a days. They're training their asses off crazy for that five minutes in, in the ring or I don't know how you just don't stay well, injured. Niger-
2: I mean, you know Chris. Like he's yeah. best friends with Strickland. Yeah, Strickland look, well, look, spars all day long. All every day, all single the time.
1: Day. Yeah. I, that's I that's where I did the last camp up at Extreme Couture, where Chris trains got got to see him. He is he's sending me one of his uh cards. Kinda, it's cool to see Chris's story,
2: right?
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, I started training in the apartment
2: complex when I was eight years old. That's, that's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> I did my first. Th- Unregulated. My, my first class was at, well, my first training was my dad put, made us, if they were fighting in the neighborhood, we had to wear boxing gloves. Nice. And he, would, he would officiate.
1: Well, look, I I grew up with no money. I used to fight people for like five bucks, you know, as a scrawny <laughs> kid, you know, I was like 135 pounds. Yeah. It's the most fight New York thing bucks, I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> It's real simple, right? We're at the mall. We're like, let's go five bucks. Let's go. And we go out back and fight. We go home all beat up, whatever. You know, I started wrestling a little bit and then I kickboxed, to, you know, for a while in, in Pennsylvania, actually raging bull, man. I was on raging oh, bull that. circuit kickboxing, yeah. you know, nice, and then man. I got tired of getting hit in the head and, Got, had a job, got married, had kids, stopped doing pretty much everything. I just, you know, worked mm-hmm. out a little bit until my son was 12. He's like, dad, I wouldn't mind kickboxing or something. You're like, I've been waiting 12 I'm years. i like, this is freaking
2: awesome. So that's what Let's I, go kick somebody's ass. That's like my story. I started doing jujitsu as a football conditioning during like for <laughs> two summers. Uh, and then, uh, that's job. Met my wife. She had kids hanging out with the boys, going to law school. And then- one of them was getting bullied as an eighth grader, and I said, F this. And so I, that's when I called Nate and I said, Hey, you know, I, I got, we, we got to do something about this. He said, Bring him up. So <laughs> I, I had like a month and a half before soccer ended. So I had to, for them, and I was in terrible shape. I was like, you know what, screw this. I'm going a month and I'm going to just do it now so that I'm not in a complete embarrassment and lose, that make yeah. them lose all respect for me when they see me huffing and puffing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's how I started. Well, again. hey, they got to start somewhere. And that's what we're that's talking exactly about. Right. That's the side hustle thing is you got to start somewhere and just keep at it and don't give up. And uh, so, Damien, anybody who owns a gym, tell them how to reach out to you. Anybody that's interested in payment processing, maybe they yeah. they use your new startup that you're working at.
1: Yes. Yeah, so if, uh, if you own a gym, come see me at you know Damien Tannenbaum at Instagram uh, or Triple Crown Athletic is a gym in Walton. And then BJJ Link is the uh, gym management software. And if you need a fight choreographer or you want somebody to act, be in one of your movies, call me too. There it is. Yeah.
0: Open it <laughs> up to the, we got a, right. a, 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 like a, you got your SAG card you and all a, that. Yeah, I yeah got, I got my
1: MDB stuff. I got my, my house is available for filming in Northern Kentucky. Yeah, It's so a big, big barn. Trying to make it a studio right now. It's a little rigged up, but, you know, trying to make it a studio and it's 10 and a half acres. So, you know, a nice house that you can stay at, film at, nice. do stuff. So. Love it! I'm excited. I'm doing I'm a, a fight choreographer on a film in LA coming up in March. So it's uh, going to be good. And the, the same director that I helped uh, back in January, that film's getting released in the next month or two. So excited. It's, it's well, fun. Yeah. Life is fun, that. man. Life you, is, yeah. But you just, you, you say you got to get off the couch you can't, you got to start somewhere. You know? and it doesn't matter. You, even acting, right? I didn't, nobody becomes you know, Johnny Depp or George Clooney overnight, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I started you know, background stuff just learning the lingo, background, standing, you know, I was on The Resident. I was on The Walking Dead as one of the guys just walking around for three days, you <laughs> yeah. know, but I learned the lingo. I met some people, which led to independent film guys going, hey, you want to be in this? Which led to a buddy saying, hey, come film this in Atlanta. That buddy said, hey, I could use you in L.A. filming something. It, you know, little steps. You know, it's funny. I was just in uh, yesterday in Nashville and Reese uh, Witherspoon was talking And she was the, um, the keynote speaker and her words were real simple when somebody asked her, how does she do it every day? And she said, you know what? You just have to take steps in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Just take steps in the direction you want to go.
0: Quit looking at the people you envy and (laughs) you hate because they are successful and hating on them. And use that energy towards like just doing something yeah.
1: positive. Just start walking in that direction. If you hate that guy because he's successful, well, do a little research. Figure out what he did. What he did to become successful. See if that's your skill set, and try it.
0: Anyway, Damien, thanks for being on the show. This has been awesome, man. And uh,
1: again, give us the URL. Uh, BJJ link for the gym management software, or just contact me, Damien Tannenbaum. And you're on LinkedIn too. Yep. LinkedIn, all right. IMDb, Instagram, social, all that. anything, man. You got to stay all relevant, <laughs> right? That's right.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Side Hustle City. Well, you've heard from our guests. Now let's hear from you. Join our community on Facebook, Side Hustle City. It's a group where people share ideas, share their inspirational stories, and motivate each other to be successful and turn their side hustle into their main hustle. We'll see you there, and we'll see you next week on the show. Thank you.